Welcome, 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 as Josh has been known to say for the last couple of fucking episodes for some reason. Uh, by now, if you were listening, you've probably noticed that things are a little bit different. We're missing two people as Dylan is working on becoming a slightly larger cog in the retail corporation of America. And Josh is out on personal business. That would be really distasteful for me to sit here and try to make a joke about. So you're stuck with me this week. It's me. I don't know if that's a good thing. Don't know if it's a bad thing. But you know what? This is going to be a fun episode. Got a lot of fun stuff planned for this episode. Um, trying to go through the loose script that I wrote for this. Uh yeah, so this is going to be a special bonus episode to go over something that I feel like gets looked over in the video game industry more than it should, and that is the music. Because, you know, when when you talk about, when you recommend a game to a friend, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? You're going to talk about, like, the story or setting or graphics and shit like that. It's very rare people really bring up the music. And so to help me shine a little bit, uh, to help me shine some of Hunting Pixel spotlight on this thing, uh, this is the adorable Johnny McLean from popular local Atlanta metalcore scene band Ghost of Evergreen, and that was way too long of a title for that band. But uh, what's going on, brother? Um, not much. I'm just living out here. Just, just out here vibing. Self-care. Uh, so, are you guys are you guys on like a hiatus right now? Like, what what's the, uh, what's the deal with that? You guys haven't done anything in like two years. Well, you know, COVID has made it really, really hard to to do anything really um yeah but also at the same time everyone's just kind of doing their own thing uh work on music when we can we actually all got together a couple weeks ago and just hung out ran through some songs and stuff so it was real nice but you know hopefully once all this stuff blows over we can uh try to get back on track so we actually have a lot of new music written that we just need to like finalize and record and we can put it out Oh, hell yeah, dude. Um, I, I, I have seen some of the venue. I don't know if the masquerade's back open, um, but I have seen some of the smaller, lesser known venues are, are starting to kind of open their doors back. So, yeah, I uh, actually I think one of the first shows that the masquerade is doing is a dance cabin dance show in October. It's, it's already sold out, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Yeah, I think it sold oh. out like almost instantly. It was in heaven, too. Well, my tax return will be here in two weeks. I'll buy a resale. It's almost, it's worth it. It's worth it. And the sad thing is the audience of this podcast, there's probably maybe out of the 15 monthly listeners, probably two of them, two of them probably know who dance Gavin dance is. And that's sad. Um, it is. Okay. So speaking, speaking about the band specifically, cause I want to talk about a little bit of that uh, and kind of, uh, shine some light on on your projects. So, like, w- what do you do in the band? You're are are you the lead guitarist or rhythm? Um, I don't know. So the way that me and Aaron kind of split it up, we both didn't want to have like one set rhythm and one set lead. So we kind of just yeah. shared the parts. Like, if he writes a cool lead line, he'll be the lead guitarist for that song. If I write a cool lead line, I'll be the lead guitarist. Or he'll write me a cool lead line, and we'll share leads in the song. So. Okay. We kind of share both lead and rhythm. That's really cool. That I feel like that's a really I feel like that's a really mature way of handling it. That way, yeah. everybody kind of everybody kind of gets their uh, because like because like when you listen to it, when you especially a metalcore song, you often you all at me. I mean, from my perspective, I don't know shit about musical composition, <laughs> so I don't know a goddamn thing about it. 
But um, you usually, I feel like you usually tend to hear the 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 lead guitar over the rhythm guitar. I feel like the rhythms kind of drowned out in the background. Yeah, I mean definitely. But yeah, you know, shitty I mean, the mixing is. <laughs> very true. Very true. Um, yeah, and that was another thing. Like especially when we were in the studio and like writing songs and stuff, we were like, we want everybody to have their own moment in each song. So that's why uh, we have you know the slap bass and stuff like that in some of our yeah. other songs. Just to let because you know, it's fucking smack. <laughs> definitely was different. Yeah, dude, Eve's Eve's fucking Eve's killed it on y'all's EP. He did flat bases, bro. That shit was incredible. Were, um, is. So, so you mentioned uh, it's it's cool that you mentioned that you guys have some stuff in the works because this was actually uh, I wrote down questions to ask you so I wouldn't get too off the rails. Um, you know, sitting here looking at you on my computer is pretty hard to keep me focused. So, um, so as far as the creative process goes from, from your side, what do you, like, how do you do it? How, like, I'm trying to think of the best way for me to word this. So I imagine, you know, something just pops in your head and you write it down real quick or you record it real quick. When, what has to happen for your brain to say, this is it. Like, this is dope. This is what I want to go with. You know what I mean? Um, Does that make sense? Yeah, so I mean, for me personally, I'll I'll just be at work or something like that, and I'll think, um, I'll just you know be playing random stuff in my head and be like, oh, that sounds really cool, and I'll try to remember it until I get home, and I yeah. can map out the song or map out at least just the idea that I had, and see if I can build off of it. Um, yeah, that, that's really it. from there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not okay the greatest songwriter but i think i can write some pretty catchy stuff um but you're, you're definitely better than uh i shouldn't say that <laughs> you guys are definitely one of the more talented and creative uh, uh local local metalcore bands in atlanta because they all kind of sound the same as most metal bands do <laughs> there's a very I, I know metalcore is very niche. It's very hard to to st- especially now, dude. Like, what hasn't been done at this point as far as metalcore goes? Yeah, so it's definitely. Ve- I feel like it's definitely very hard to probably try to stand out. But I do feel like instrumentally, you guys do a really good job at it. So you got that in your core. <clears throat> yeah, that was kind of what we were striving for because you know we we love all the other local bands in Atlanta. You know, we're all good friends with them. We want to support them all. You know, wish them yeah, all for sure. you know, as much as we can. But at the end of the day, most local bands all sound the same. And that's okay, because I, I love it. You know, I love that kind of music. I love the formula that, you know, metal bands follow. So, you know, but we wanted to try and stand out from that. Yeah. Which is why we added, like, the slap bass and the, you know, weird interludes and stuff like that. So, Hey, bro, but the slap bass be smacking. <laughs> the slap bass be hitting sometimes. It really um, be. So, so other than Ghost of Evergreen, I guess this is the last real question to dive into um, on on your music. Uh, other than Ghost of Evergreen, is there any like? Do you have any side projects that you're working on? Um, is there any? So like, I'm not like. I guess I am officially, um, but there is another local band that had reached out to me and asked me to play guitar for them. Mm-hmm. Um. They're called City of Ruins. Um, mm. And never heard of them, but yeah, we we played a couple shows with them, so like I, I knew I already knew who they were. Uh, I like their music, you know. 
Uh, and they reached out to me a little while ago, actually, and then it's just kind of like slowly built up until they were like, hey, why don't you play guitar for me or for us and stuff like that. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I said, yeah, because, you know, Ghost isn't really doing a whole lot right now. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't writing something as much. else to work on. Yeah, and like I'm, I'm definitely not as a technical writer as Aaron is. So I felt like the songs that I was writing wouldn't really fit Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, all right, well, I got all these songs that I've written that I can't really use. So I'll see if I yeah. can put them towards this new band. So anyway, they actually have, I think, almost a full EP ready to go. Ooh, okay. So I'm pretty excited to get right. going with that. Will you, now, will you be picking up with them uh, after the release of the EP, or will you be lending uh, anything to the EP? I will probably be lending some to the EP. Like, they said that, um, oh, excuse me, um, they gave me all the files, and they're like, if you've come up with something cool and you want to add it to it, go for it. You know, obviously run it by us first, you know, see if we like it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah they made it sure just like, hey, you know, we want you to bring something to the table, so see what you can do hell yeah that's awesome dude i'm i'm glad that i'm glad that everything you know is going good for you in that regard um and i'll i'll do more of a i'll do more of a a a shout out as far as the as far as the band and where to find them goes at at the end of the episode when we do all that shit (laughs) um but uh we did get a late start on recording so we're gonna go ahead and just kind of launch into the main topic and um here we go. Uh, video games are incredible for the fact that they are a combination of so many different forms of media, like cinematography, literature, coding and programming, voice acting, and, of course, the main topic of the episode, musical composition. The way music is directed in a narrative can really impact how a game makes us feel about what we're seeing and hearing unfold on our screens. So that's what we—that's what I wanted to talk about today, and that's why I brought somebody in the... In the in, like the local scene, because I felt like what better person to talk about music with than somebody who works on musical composition or, you know, just create creating music. I don't know if musical composition is the right word, but I don't know. Maybe. Same area. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, of course, we've gone from the retro 18, 16 bit iconic themes or iconic themes from series that we all grew up with and love, like. Uh, just to stand, just some to stand out on the top of my head are like Mario, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, Mega Man, Zelda, and even Pokemon. Really, all of those have really iconic themes that you know you you, you hear it like they're household names. Like you hear those songs in the back of your brain when you think of some of these. Um, God damn it, my phone locked. Uh, we've gone, and it's it's crazy to think that we've gone from that to like full-blown orchestra masterpieces uh, from games like Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, and how well they did in translating translating into the modern era. Uh, God of War 2018. Uh, even Marvel Spider-Man had some phenomenal orchestra masterpieces attached to it. Uh, I really, when I was typing this, I really didn't mean to make all of those examples PlayStation exclusives. <laughs> but I don't. maybe that's a sign that Microsoft and Nintendo need to just step up in the music department. I don't know. But um, yeah, so that's that's what we're going to discuss today. And I've got a couple questions written down. Uh, the first one is how how important to you is is music in a game? Like, um, is it, 
how, how does it help the immersion? It's not something I really ever like thought about, but because mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm just like I'm playing the game and I'm more focused on the gameplay. But like when I like go back and you think about games you played in the past, you're like, you know, this huge like epic scene goes on. You know, a huge battle goes on. And you're like, oh, the you know the graphics are badass. You know, the motions were badass. But then, you don't really stop to think about the music. It adds so much to the scene. Like, you know, this you know huge you know battle music going on. Without that, it would just be you know bland and boring. So it really adds a whole new dynamic to yeah. a video game and the whole scene in general. There, there's only one game that I can think of in like the last, and and we'll get to it when we talk up uh, the examples we brought to the table. Uh, there's only one game that I can really think of that had got away with having no music at all because it fit the theme. Um, but m- music for me, like when I like, well, kind of like what you said when you go back and you think about some of those epic story moment cutscenes that. You know, we're so cool that for a game that you love that sometimes you even go. I mean, I do this. I go back on YouTube and fucking pull up the cutscene just because it was so goddamn cool. And the music is a part of that, because like when I think of those cutscenes, like my brain, all, all, like I feel like my brain, all, the default noise in my head ends up being the music from that cutscene that I'm thinking about. Um, uh, specifically to, to, to name one that's been really in my head recently because I've been playing them is the... Uh, uh, persona the the music in the persona series is, is some of the greatest in a jrpg that i've ever fucking heard uh if you've never played those games i you have a ps4 and you're genuinely doing yourself a disservice watching <laughs> persona they're so good i've heard a lot and, of good and, things about it and part of it is the music dude the music is just fucking incredible um another thing i, I one big thing i wanted to talk about is is kind of give a look back on on like how far music has come in gaming. Oh yeah, you know we went we went from like I said earlier we went from those eight bit sixteen bit like you know retro themes to these full blown scores that you know people go out and buy buy soundtracks for they go out and buy the fucking you know physical CDs for you download them on iTunes. Excuse me, or you uh you know, or you're a monster like me and you buy collector's editions if they come with a soundtrack because it's fucking cool. Um, that's one of the things I liked about the last Persona release is like literally just for pre-ordering it. They're like, oh, here's a digital soundtrack that we know you're going to listen to for a ridiculous, unhealthy amount of time. <laughs> and like I, I, I was thinking today, I was like, you know, how much further can it go? Because it's kind of we had we had an episode a couple weeks ago where we talked about innovation in gaming mm-hmm. and just how far gaming has come as a whole from you know, like fucking uh, I'm I know I'm going to butcher this and I'm going to piss somebody off with the timeline reference. But like uh, playing Pong back in the 70s, I don't know that that's accurate, but it's close enough, right? You know, like we went from playing Pong to 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 playing shit like God of War 2018. You know, like that's that's insane to me that it feels like such a short amount of time that we went from this this game that probably took well i mean maybe it did back then but like th- this this old 8-bit game that uh if a developer now tried to make it with modern day technology they could probably make it in four and i know i'm lowballing this but like 45 minutes to an hour 
And yeah, now we go to games that take months and months and months and and sometimes <laughs> cyberpunk uh, years to develop. And, you know, in cyberpunk's case, they still turn out pretty bad. <laughs> but uh, that's another discussion. You know, I actually did see a headline today that with all the all the last patch they did, apparently cyberpunk's uh, really fucking good now. I'm, I'm going to wait till it hits the $20 mark because it's left such a sour taste in my mouth at this point. <laughs> uh, thank God I got my fucking refund on that travesty. And I know I just pissed somebody off by saying all that, but you'll get over it. It's fine. Um, but yeah, like, like, do you, like, do you think it can go any further or do you think it, we're kind of at the peak? I mean, honestly, I mean, unless... I really think it's as far as we can go. I mean, just like full blown scores, you, you know. There's, yeah, I mean that's really just all there is to it. There's not much more we can really do. It it absolutely it absolutely blows my mind that uh, obviously this was pre COVID, like all the good mm-hmm. things in the world were. Um, it blows my mind that like ugh, fuck when was it? I think 2018. Uh, like Kingdom Hearts was doing like a worldwide orchestra tour mm-hmm. and like that's fucking awesome because like even 10 years ago you didn't hear about video games doing fucking tours for a soundtrack yeah but then some of these games came along and they just absolutely fucking smacked with the soundtrack and did such a good fucking job with it that uh you know people people paid money to see that people went out of their way people go out of their way for shit like that and that's that's insane to me that's mind blowing that we've come that far as far as music and gaming goes. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is how do you feel about like popular artists, like mainstream artist integration into gaming? Um, I feel like it's a good marketing tactic. Like Fortnite using fucking, uh, I know they've had marshmallow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think a couple months ago they did a Travis Scott, like virtual concert. And yeah. Fortnite. Uh, Pokemon just did post Malone. <laughs> yeah have you seen the video for that no i did not want to watch it i refused what i well not refused but i was just like ah, are, you, are you not a posty guy i mean i like some of his songs but no it was actually it was actually pretty good um i i did i did think it was weird i thought it was very strange on nintendo's part to allow that because like the first song that he opened up with was like about dr- fucking alcohol and cocaine yeah and i'm like mm, was this a good idea are you sure? well, they're they're probably thinking that like yeah when you think of pokemon you think about kids but honestly the real market for pokemon is people like you and me that's and super people cool. older that's than also, that, that's that grew up with it so they're probably like you know what fuck it yeah you know, well if, if, we, we do we do kitty shit all the time there's a reason why a fucking uh, the Pokemon anime is aired on Cartoon Network. Like, you know what? Let's give the adults something for once. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good point that I didn't think about. Um, ah, uh, fuck. What? I had another thing to say on this talk. And then even back in the day when you had the, uh, when you had the Need for Speed games that just had like the most popular rappers at the time appear yeah. on their fucking uh, uh, soundtracks. Like, what? What was it? Uh, Need for Speed Underground that had like fucking yeah. Lil John on the menu screen. Yeah, get low. <laughs> Need for Speed Underground too, because I played that game religiously on my GameCube, and yeah, the soundtrack have, was it did fire. Have get low. It did have get low on the menu, and then you had games like uh, 
you had games like Saints Row that had just a plethora of different fucking artists up here. Um, I think, like with Saints Row 2, I think that they're, uh, like, they they had Misery Business by Paramore, which was dope. This was a dope to jam out to while you're killing gang members. Um, they had uh, Face Down by Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Uh, such a classic song, but such a fucking disappointment to listen to live. Oh my god. Yeah, I never went to go see them live because I had seen the video of it and I was like, eh, this you, is not... you didn't you didn't see them at the last warp tour? Nope. I, I kinda really did. Kinda wanted to, but I didn't want to waste my time. I, I think me and Madison went and saw them and of, of of course they opened with face down because what other song were they gonna possibly open with? <laughs> and uh me and Madison sat there, we we listened to them play face down and then like like I said earlier, I'm not a music guy. I don't know shit about musical composition. I don't know a goddamn thing about what it takes to make some of this awesome fucking music. But I know what a song sounds like, and I know what it sounds like when you fuck it up. Especially if it's a song I listen to religiously, and their guitarist was just not even fucking trying. <laughs> like, he would just strum, like, one chord every, like, 30 seconds. And I'm like, you're just not even giving it a go at this point. Like, you're just not even wasting your fucking time. Um, they had a bunch of other popular artists. Like I think Saints Row Three. They had a uh, they had Miss May I. They had Black Veil Brides. They had uh, Yellow Wolf. They had Tyler the Creator. They had Kanye West. Which I want to know how big of a check uh, Violation wrote just to have that. Like, oh yeah, Kanye West especially. Yeah, just to have that song appear. How big of a fucking check did they? Write? Yeah, I mean even those like uh, before like Two K took over. The wrestling games, yeah, um, like the SmackDown versus Raw series they had, like they had fire like soundtracks. Was, like, yeah, they, you know, they used to have like fucking Trapped and like Three Days Grace. And yeah, uh, shoot, even some of the Madden games. I'm, I'm, you know, not a huge sports fan, but I played a, a Madden football game, you know, every now and then. Uh, and I think the first one I got for my PS3 had like. Uh, you had like three days grace. You had Slipknot on it too. It had duality yeah. on there, and I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah, to have fucking Slipknot. I'm sure Josh is gonna say something when he listens to that because for some reason Josh has like an unhealthy disgust for Slipknot, and I haven't quite figured it out. I mean, I can kind of see why, but like you know, still, I think the music is great. So yeah, I I definitely think they've fallen from their peak. I'll say that. I, I think they've fallen from their peak. I mean, it, it's. It was bound to happen. It was inevitable. Yeah. Right. It happens with everybody. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, so I, I think we've done all the talking as far as like how important it is that we can. Um, before we move on, I, I do want to say that I, I think popular mainstream artists and having them appear in video games was something that was, uh, you know, as as the industry progressed and was able to do more with with games that we had better technology to create games. I think it was inevitable. I know that I know that there are genuinely some people that dislike it for whatever fucking reason. Uh, You know, fucking hipsters who just hate mainstream shit. (laughs) Um, But it's marketing, you know. That's that's all it is. It's just marketing. It it helps sell game sales for fans of those artists to see, oh, hey, you know, I wouldn't have played this game otherwise, but my favorite artist appears on it. And then in turn, it also helps sell uh, album sales. 
because, you know, somebody could be playing the game. It could be, you know, their favorite franchise. And they're like, oh, shit, I've never heard this song before, but the song is kind of fire. Like, let me go look the band up. Oh, shit, they're pretty good. Let me go buy them on iTunes or buy a physical. Yeah. Always buy physical people. Stop buying things on iTunes. I can't stress that shit enough. So now that we got that out of the way, I think we, like I said, I think we've kind of talked about how important it is the most that we can. Um, so now I want to open the floor and list and just kind of throw out some games that we think really excel above and beyond in that category. Um, so we're pretty much just, we, we both picked three, we're pretty much just going to take turns off this, but I'm going to let you go first. Um, uh, give, give me, what's a game that's on your mind? Like when you think of how good a game soundtrack is, what, what's a game that just pops into your mind? Um, there's a good few that I've had, but like as far as recently goes, uh, some of my choices will probably get some controversy, but um, first one I have to probably go with is The Last of Us Part 2, even even the first game. Even though the gameplay was subpar, the soundtrack, I my, I thought, was mm-hmm. the saving grace of that game. I, I think both games are subpar, but... <laughs> the first one was definitely way better than the second one. I didn't even finish the second one. I'm not really? going to finish the second one. I'm not interested in it. <laughs> he said, I've had enough. I don't give yeah, a fuck about but it anymore. But it's, I don't know. Something about the soundtrack in that game was just, it really stuck out to me. And I, because, I mean, because it was all like, just guitars, most of it. And I, I, I appreciate it, like, it from a musical standpoint and like, from an artistic approach, mm. rather than it being like a full, you know, orchestra or, you know, techno you know techno stuff or digital whatever it was just some dude with an an acoustic guitar going ham for sure i boy i have some thoughts on the last of us Uh, (laughs) trust me i do too (laughs) i never got around to the second game because i'm gonna be honest i couldn't finish the first one i just i couldn't do it man i got i got right to the point where you meet ellie and you're like trying to dodge all the soldiers or whatever. And I just something about it lost me and I just could not give a fuck about it anymore. I don't maybe I need to go back to it. Maybe maybe I'll find the drive eventually to finish it. But I'm also like knee deep in a playthrough of Persona 5. And uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Persona 5 without any of the extra shit, just doing the story is easily 120 plus hours long. It's a very long, very grindy JRPG, so that's kind of where I've been stuck, which is funny enough, leads me to my first example, which is fucking Persona 5. The, the, I, I don't, I need to figure out the, I, I should have looked this up beforehand, but I'm bad at research. Um, I need to look up the artist that does the Persona 5, uh, soundtrack. I'm pretty sure she does all of the Persona soundtracks, um, but God damn, does that shit just fucking hit? It's got this beautiful. There, there's a there's one song on the soundtrack, and specifically, it's called "Last Surprise," and it's like this really cool, like, uh, uh, orchestraic melody that plays every single time you enter combat. Every time, unless you do an ambush, then it's a different song that's like oddly not as good as "Last Surprise." "Last Surprise" is just like a normal combat song. Mm-hmm. It's strange, but you know, whatever. Um, but it it just it amps me up for this fucking turn based combat, and it's I it 
I'm also I'm I'm weird. I I like foreign music almost more than I like American music. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's the weeb in me because most of it tends to be Japanese artists. So maybe that's just the otaku in me. And I really hate that I just referred to myself like that. But you know, I accept my fate from this point. It's okay. Uh, like funny enough, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure my most listened to song on Spotify last year was the season two opening to Attack on Titan. Like ninety percent sure that was my most listened to <laughs> song on Spotify. Um, but if you've ever seen Attack on Titan, you know that intro for the intro for season two is a fucking banger. So yeah, anime openings go hard, dude. They do. They really do. I uh. God, I'm going to have to do like a side podcast or something where I just talk about anime. That's going to have to happen eventually one day. Um, But yeah, Persona 5, the music literally, that's one of the biggest things that attracted me to the game in general. Like I I remember I was buying a PS4 for the third, fourth time maybe last year. I don't I don't I lost count at this point. Um, But I was buying another PS4 last uh, September of last year and I was like, "Eh." What's some games I should pick up? Like, I know Final Fantasy VII Remake just came out. You know, Last of Us, Last of Us Part Two, Horizon, which I still haven't finished. Um, but uh, then I, I was watching an anime. I was watching a, an, an, a a video about an anime on YouTube, and recommended in the side was uh, the trailer for Persona Five Royal. And I watched it, and as soon as I heard that fucking music, I was like, I have to play this. This music is just too fucking good for me to pass up. It's it's so fucking amazing. Um, but uh, uh, what's another game that catches your attention as far as music goes? The Doom games. Yeah, I, I had those written down too before I took them off and replaced them with something else. <laughs> yeah, dude, fucking it, Doom. That, nothing, nothing gets me more pumped up to go kill some demons than, uh, than some good old-fashioned heavy metal, you know? Dude, I, I I haven't finished either 2016 or Eternal. I haven't either. Um, I have Eternal on Xbox. Um, it is available now on Game Pass Ultimate as of like December of last year, which is awesome. So PC players have access to it for free if you just buy that. Um, but dude, I, that shit gets me fucking pumped. <laughs> Especially in some of those hard, like infested room encounters. Mm-hmm. Where there's just 45 demons just hurtling blood at you, and you're just like, oh, shit. Nah, dude, that riff kicks in, and you go fucking... Oh, yeah. I haven't even played the game, but uh, as soon as they released the soundtrack on, like, Spotify and, uh, you know, Apple Music and whatnot, I went through, and I just listened to the whole thing. And I was like, oh, I'm, about to, I'm about to start crowd-killing in my bedroom right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, I could crowd-kill to, I could crowd-kill to Doom. That, that sounds like a good fucking time. Um, yeah, dude, I... I couldn't I didn't I haven't finished Doom Eternal and that's mostly just because I think platforming doesn't belong in a first person shooter. Um that's just my hot take on Doom. I think Doom is great. I think the music is phenomenal. I am actively fucking angry that it did not take home the uh award for best for pretty much best music at the video game awards last year. Mm-hmm. That's okay cuz everyone knows the video game awards are rigged anyway. Um, <laughs> True. Nice plug for a past episode. Uh uh, fuck, dude! I wholeheartedly think our our hunting pixels uh, game of the year episode was better than any of the video game awards. I I only watch them for game announcements at this point because I mm. know that's just biased bullshit. So I yeah. don't even care. Um, 
Another game that surprised me as far as music goes uh, was actually a pretty recent release. It was uh, uh, November of last year. That was Miles Morales. I have not played that yet. What? Yeah. Well, but, yeah, it's because you were probably waiting for a PS5, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you and every other person in the world, with the exception of like 20 people who actually got one. I I just said fuck it, and I played it anyway. I played it on my PS4, and the uh, poor thing was just struggling to keep up with what that game wanted it to do. It was sad. But, um, yeah, dude, the, the, the hip-hop elements thrown into it really, like... I. The thing I love the most about Miles Morales is it was very um it was very inclusive. It was very like representative of uh, Miles culture uh being half African American, half Puerto Rican American. And uh like I like literally one of the first things you see in the game is uh you know Miles coming home to like a Christmas dinner and his mom is making like a traditional like Puerto Rican Christmas dinner uh kind of banquet. Um I don't know if it's I, I I watched a review of the game that said it was traditional. I don't know anything about other. Well, God damn it. I'm trying to find a way to phrase this that isn't offensive to other people. <laughs> um, hopefully, Josh will save my ass and edit this out, but he'll probably leave it in to be an asshole anyway. Um, but it, from my understanding from other Puerto Rican people, uh, the game was praised for being very, very fucking good at representing their culture. Um, and I think the music does that excellent. It has this like it, it really sets it. It really like gives me the feel that this is a younger Spider-Man. Like this is this is a very young Spider-Man trying to figure out his place in this crazy world. And uh, like the first sequence after you beat Rhino, you get this awesome music number. Uh, let me let me pull up Spotify, because that is also a very heavily listened to uh, soundtrack. On my Spotify is the one for Miles Morales. Uh, it uh, it's Jaden Smith actually. Yeah, Jaden Smith. Um, he did uh, he did a lot of the a lot of the titles for that game, and he killed it. I don't think they could have chosen a better a better young uh, young black artist to represent Miles Morales on the soundtrack the way that they did, and it it really stuck. It really gave you the feel like. This is a different Spider-Man. This is a young Spider-Man. This is a a different uh, a different uh, skin color Spider-Man, and it was just fucking awesome. And I appreciated the hell out of it. Um, we got two more a piece, or we got one more a piece. So give me give me your last example. I'm gonna have to go because I've put probably the most besides uh. Besides, like, a Call of Duty game, this is the game I'd put the most time into, and that would be Skyrim. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. I love that game. It's one you of my favorites. Fucking, you and Dylan, dude, I swear to God, y'all kill me with the Skyrim shit. It's such a good game, though. <laughs> it is. It, it is. is. It is such a good game. Even though it's still almost being sold for full price, at least, you know, what, 15-something years later, however long. Still uh, too much money. Came out in like 2011, I think. 2013. Yeah, so it's it's pushing the ten years more. It's pushing the ten year mark for sure. Yeah, it came out. It had to have come out in 2011. You know, yeah, it had to have come out in 2000. It it had to have come out before 2011 because I got it for uh, Christmas uh, for my 360 in 2011. So it had to have come out then. I didn't even ask for it. My mom was just like, "Here, this looks like some nerdy shit you would like." (laughs) But uh, which is. 
fine. It's a good game. Uh, but the soundtracks in that game, it just it fits every scenario that you would ever come into in that game. You know, mm-hmm. you're in a fucking spooky cave. You got this, you know, ominous, you know, sound going on. Just fucking boss music starts playing out of nowhere, and you got to figure out where the fuck the dragon's coming from. You know, <laughs> you got to like scramble to figure out which direction the shit's about to breathe fire at you. Yeah, you just you know, but it just catches you off guard. You know, you just, just you know, you walk through the woods. You know, fucking bugs flying around, shit like that. Like, it was yeah. peaceful, and the next thing you you know, fucking boss music just starts coming out of nowhere. And it's just Jesus. <laughs> And, you know, to some of the battle music, it's just like, you're like, oh, fuck, all right, here we go. You know, I'm ready to go. Just mm-hmm. Kill some of these fucking bandits. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you go ahead. I, it's so weird to me that I haven't played more than 20 minutes of Skyrim, considering I own it on every console I have. I own it on PC. I bought it on the Switch like two years ago. The eShop had it on sale for like 20 bucks. And I was like, mm, it's fucking Skyrim. Let me go ahead and scoop that. Um, I regret it now because I wish I would have bought it physically because I'm a terrible person. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, uh, I think I have it on PS4. I think I got it on sale a couple months ago. It was like 10 bucks or something. I think I picked it up for shits and giggles because I just like spending <clears throat> It's uh, definitely well worth the play. I mean, even just checking out the soundtrack, even though it's like 30-something tracks, it's still... Dude, it's got to be more than that, honestly. <laughs> it's a lot. So many different musical numbers in that game. There's got to be more than that. I uh, um, let me. Uh, I I wanted to include this, but I also didn't want to include this. So this is going to be more of like an honorable mention kind of thing, because um, it's very niche. It's a franchise that at this point you either love it or you fucking hate it. There's no in between, uh, and that is Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I feel like Kingdom Hearts, I, fuck, I don't know how to say this without offending the diehard fans of this game, because they'll attack you on every platform they can. They just gonna have to say it. Um, the thing about Kingdom Hearts is while it does have a, it it has a beautiful soundtrack performed by, uh, uh, Yutada Hikaru, who, uh, also does the soundtrack for the Evangelion rebuild movies, which are phenomenal. Well, the soundtracks, the movie, the movies are okay, but the soundtracks are dope. Um, she does a fantastic job with what she does, uh, with those games as far as like their opening, their opening themes and their like ending, uh, you know, like credit themes or whatever. Um, I think for kingdom hearts three, she even had Skrillex on one of, on, uh, cause I know they had two major themes for kingdom hearts three. One was an intro and one was an outro that played during the credits. And, uh, I know one of the, one of them had Skrillex on it, which is crazy. Cause I haven't heard of Skrillex in like maybe 10 years at this point. Um, that's also just cause I don't give a fuck about EDM music or anything that goes on with that. So maybe that's just more me. Um, but I did want to throw that out there because I know somebody's going to say it somewhere. Uh, I'm going to, somebody's going to say something in the discord when they listen to this episode and be like, you didn't include kingdom hearts. No, I did. They're, they're good. But I feel like, I feel like they get pushed along by all the really famous Disney numbers that also get thrown and sprinkled in there that Square Enix probably writes a ridiculously, disgustingly huge check to get. (laughs) Just to get a mouse. Ah, dude, just to get a fucking mouse. Um. (laughs) <laughs> Fun fact, that's actually why at the uh, Kingdom Hearts 1, uh, 
during development. That's actually why Mickey does not appear until the end of the game is because they could not afford to have him in the whole game. They couldn't write a check that big. I could not imagine they would be able to afford that. I really want to know how much it costed just to have Mickey in like the final cutscene. I really want to know what that check looked like. And I'm going to look it up and I'm going to find it and send it to you so we can laugh about <laughs> it later. Um, but my final example is. And Johnny, I swear to God, if you haven't played this, I will get in my car right now. I will come into your house and I will punch you and I'll leave and come back home. That is Breath of the Wild. I don't own it. <clears throat> I do not own it. doesn't mean I want to play it. I do want to play it, but I have not sacrificed the $60 to play it. You're, you're, you're killing me, dude. <laughs> Breath of the Wild, I, I say it, I feel like I say this in every fucking episode of this podcast. Um, Breath of the Wild, if you own a Switch, you, like it should be illegal for you not to at least try Breath of the Wild. It is such a good game. It's literally, I think it... I know in the pilot episode when we talked about our top five of all time, I know Breath of the Wild was in there. It was either number three or number four, but it it truly is. It, it's which is weird now because after going back and playing some old Zelda games, I can't really say Breath of the Wild is my favorite Zelda game, but it is still it's not my favorite Zelda game, but it's it's in my top five of all time, like just in general. Um, and part of that is the music. And I know a lot of people are going to hear that and they're going to go, wait, 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 hold on. There's not a lot of music in that game. I think that that's what makes it so great is the lack of music in the overworld. From the moment you boot up Breath of the Wild and you exit the Shrine of Resurrection, um, you get this really cool camera angle that kind of pans over Hyrule. Because Breath of the Wild, obviously you have like Death Mountain that's obviously taller and like Rivali's Tower or whatever. But the Great Plateau at the start of the game is a very high uh, elevated point of, of Hyrule. And you get this beautiful shot and this beautiful, beautiful fucking orchestra number that kind of pans over Hyrule and shows you this beautiful, but also desolate and torn and demolished uh, Hyrule. And then when you start exploring, you get like you, you, you get, you genuinely get instances where there's just no music. There's just nothing going on in the background at all. And I really think that helps fit like the, the theme of breath of the wild, like the silence to let you know that like, this is still a beautiful place, but, but it's also a war torn and ravaged place. Like, people are scared to leave their homes. People are scared to wander too far out of the villages because they'll be attacked by monsters and, you know, uh, Ganon's fucking uh, uh, demon army. That he has out. <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, it, and in some instances, it can be fucking terrifying. And it's very similar to Skyrim, in which, like, uh, like I remember I, I was playing through Breath of the Wild the other day because. <sighs> I'm I'm in I'm a psychopath and I'm currently <laughs> trying to uh 100% Breath of the Wild and that means finding all 900 Korok seeds that are hidden behind a random puzzle hidden throughout the region of Hyrule. Hmm. Uh to put it in, into perspective I'm pretty sure what game there was some game that it's like three times the size of um I I don't want to say Skyrim cuz I just feel like that's wrong. But I'm pretty sure Breath of the Wild's map of Hyrule is bigger than Skyrim. Uh, if that's not true, uh, if somebody listening is in the Discord, please at me and let me know what game I'm trying to think of. Um, but Breath of the Wild is fucking huge. And 
I, I was playing the other night and there was no music. You know, I was just kind of strolling around at night looking for something. And then I stumbled across a fucking Lionel, which is like, which is like a, it, it, it's, it's, it's like a horse person. But if the person part of the horse person was a bear or a lion, I guess that's why. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably why it's called a Lionel. Yeah. But it, it's literally like a horse person. But if the person part of the horse person was a lion with a really big fucking sword that does a ridiculous amount of damage. That's a fucking lie. Isn't there one, like, right at the start of the game? Um, I don't think there's one in the Great Plateau, but I know, I'm pretty sure in, like, every major region, because <laughs> it's it's divided by regions. I think there's, like, 16 regions. Um, in every major region, there is, um, I don't think it's 16. That sounds stupid now that I said it out loud. Um, but it, it's divided into regions, and god damn it. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure, other than the Great Plateau, that there is a there is one Lionel uh, in every region somewhere. And bro, if you are not prepared, they will beat the shit out of you. <laughs> Don't give a fuck. You you actually do. There is a story quest that actually requires you to kill a Lionel, and it's super fucking annoying because the Lionel has shock arrows, and you're fighting on top of a mountain that just has a bunch of puddles of water. So you get hit by that. If Even if you don't get hit by the shock arrow, you're still getting hit by the shock arrow. It's terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the not only is the music in Breath of the Wild beautiful, but also the lack of music in Breath of the Wild is beautiful. Um, if that makes sense. That's something like Speaking of lack of music, I just, I just thought about this. Um, I remember when Resident Evil... Seven Biohazard came out. Yeah, there's little to no music in that game at all. Especially like right at the beginning when you go into the house for the very first time, it's just dead fucking quiet, and all you can hear is like the wind blowing outside and like the floorboards creaking. And you know, sometimes games will add you know like some suspenseful kind of music yeah. or like eerie stuff to add to it. But I think the lack of music made the game 10 times scarier. You know, I feel bad now that I was just shitting on you for not playing Breath of the Wild because I feel like people just say the same thing when I tell them I have a PS4 and I have yet to play a Resident Evil title. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> he, paused, he paused for a second. He was like... You know well, what? like, 4 yeah. was really good. 5 and 6 were not that good like five was decent but six i didn't think it was that good but seven seven was really good even though it was a big change for the company because you know it was the first actual first person resident evil game yeah um and eight is following suit with the first person thing but the remakes of two and three that they did were both phenomenal um i bought them both and i loved it um but yeah, like just the lack of music in any game, really. You know, as much as music adds to it, the lack thereof also adds a whole new level or dynamic yeah, to the game. Especially if it's got that like kind of spooky and horror kind of aesthetic, it really makes you feel like that lonely, isolated feeling where you're like, "Fuck, what's about to come out of the corner?" Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, don't they have a new game out? Didn't didn't a new game just come out? It, the big titty lady. 
it's not out vampire it's not out yet but it is coming out yeah i just i i don't know anything about resident evil and i don't keep up with it i just remember all of the internet simping for big titty vampire lady isn't she like nine feet tall she is in fact like nine feet tall (laughs) god damn oh man they were like let's make a game that we're gonna scare people with and then they're like oh man now everybody just simps for an antagonist great everyone's horny now everyone's horny now All right. And on that note, um, this was always this was this was already planned to be a relatively smaller episode than the uh, uh, two and a half hours that we normally do, uh, mostly just because it's me. Um, And, you know, I don't want to hurt your eardrums too much too long. (laughs) So uh, with that, I I think I I think that about wraps up this this little special bonus episode Um, before before we sign off and say goodbye or whatever. as always, Johnny, thank you for joining me on this and taking the time because it it was really fun and and cool for me to see the perspective of someone who's actually involved in in music production. Oh, thanks for having me. I thought yeah. you know I don't play a whole lot of video games. Um, I try to split my time up between different things, but mm-hmm. I I try to pay attention to most for the games that I do play. I try to you know. Yeah. And, you know, being a musician, um, the more I learned, the longer I've been in a band, it makes me look at music completely different now. But just because, like, I, I know about, you know, how this works and how that works, you know, how it's done behind the scenes. Uh, you know, I know about mixing and mastering. You know, I know how it's supposed to sound. I know how it's not supposed to sound. So it, it's made me look at music in a completely different way. So I can appreciate. Oh, for sure those you know huge you know orchestral scores and you know epic you know moments and stuff like that in games i can appreciate that a lot more from a musical standpoint for sure um have you off topic <laughs> um have you ever like after after you know doing a band and and getting involved in music and trying to get your own uh uh, uh creations out there Oh, excuse me. Um, <laughs> have you ever like listened to something that you might have listened to before, and you're like, "Oh fuck, this sounds like shit now." Yes, actually. Um, <laughs> like I said, after being in the studio and watching, you know, a professional, because uh, we were working at uh, for half of our EP, we we're working at Glow in the Dark Studios with Matt Goldman, who. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, that. you know, he he had worked with bands with like you know Under Oath, and he did The Devil Wears Prada. Uh, he did their 818 album, um, and just like listening to what he had to say about it and seeing how it's done. When I'm listening to a song, I'd be like, "Ooh, the mix on that is kind of rough," you know. Yeah. And from you know, and I don't want to seem like I'm some kind of music elitist, but you know, I like. I found a sound that I like, and mm-hmm. when I hear something that's outside of what I think. It should sound like I'm like, ugh, that's kind of rough. Like I don't like the mix on that. I, I understand that. That makes sense. Um, I I actually did think about uh, trying to get Caleb in on this episode as well, but then I was like, what do you do besides forty uh, five <laughs> minutes? Like, what do you actually do? What are you here for? Hey, he he can play some drums. <laughs> you know, I always forget he can do that. I do too. I do Bring too. The fuck up. I <laughs> he has that ability. Um. Sorry, Caleb, if you ever listen to this, I'm I'm required to to joke about you at least once. It's a legal obligation. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's awesome, dude. Um, I'm really grateful for you for you to kind of take time out of your week to 
uh, get with me on this. I think that this was a fun, a fun, quick little ep- little bonus episode. For sure. Um, uh, also, you're just uh, uh, Ghost of Evergreen was dope, and I, I like what you guys have done so far, and I'm I'm really excited to see to see where you go. Um, I'm not as able to <laughs> go to and go to shows like I used to be. Understandable. Um, you know, that's mm, fucking dad of two over here. Um, All right. We appreciate whatever support you've given us so far. Yeah. And uh, I and uh, there is an I don't know if I told you, but there there is an episode somewhere. I don't remember which one it is because we've done so fucking many of these at this point. Um, there is an episode somewhere where where I shouted out Ghost of Evergreen at the end of the episode. Um, I also uh, sometimes on my Twitch, if I am not lazy that day, um when I, whenever I do like my starting soon screen, uh, I do throw up Ghost of Evergreen <laughs> and I type on the screen, you know, artist Ghost of Evergreen, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, for sure, uh, make sure you check out Ghost of Evergreen available for purchase. Uh, their EP is available for purchase on iTunes and available for streaming on all major music platforms. Uh, if I'm correct, you guys have an instrumental version. Yeah, so we have the original version and then we decided to do an instrumental version. Uh, just just because <laughs> oh, yeah. why not um not that it's important and not that we're doing anything soon but uh we are going to go through a name change whenever we do decide to put out new music uh, mm-hmm. we're going to basically rebrand ourselves so uh just throwing that out there <laughs> well, yeah i'll i'll shout out the new name whenever you guys get that figured out and situated um if you're listening you possibly heard a little bit of of their content uh, before the show and you'll hear some more after the show if Josh chooses to kind of throw that in there. Um, I keep mentioning Josh about editing a lot in this episode. Josh Josh does a great job uh, hosting this podcast. I'm just usually kind of along for the ride. Um, uh, Josh does all the editing work and, and he fucking kills himself to get that shit done on time every week. And so that's fucking love the dude for that. Um but yeah, go check out Ghost of Evergreen. They're available everywhere. Anywhere you can think to listen to music, they're probably there. Uh, they're fantastic. They're a wonderful addition to the ever-growing local scene, local Atlanta scene. And uh, uh, like I told you when you guys were starting the band and I was at your first ever show, bro, like like y'all y'all are going to kill it one day. Y'all are going to make it one day doing something. <laughs> but you guys are Hopefully. too talented to not go anywhere. Oh, yeah, definitely appreciate that. Not saying you haven't gone somewhere. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 from what I've seen, dude, you guys have gained. You guys have gained some some notoriety in Atlanta. Oh, um, sure. I mean, before some of the other bands had kind of come up, there was a point in time where we were kind of like the top. Yeah, you guys were kind of hyped. Like I, I and like I, because I, I've been to a handful of, of uh, GOE shows, and uh, I I specifically remember uh it was one of the masquerade shows it wasn't the christmas one i think uh it was the one you guys did there before that one um i specifically remember there being people there to see some of the other bands and then when you guys came on people just fucking lost it i remember i remember seeing kids uh i think i punched uh someone who shouldn't be named in in the throat Uh, (laughs) i needed that uh, eighteen-year-old uh, me really needed that punch to the throat, so that was therapeutic. But um, yeah, dude, I, I've seen people not even be there to see you guys, and then you guys come on stage, and they're and you know halfway through your set, people are 
you know, people start tapping their feet and they start nodding their head. And then by halfway through the set, they're they're straight up throwing hands. Yeah, it's fucking it, it was fucking rad to see. So, uh, yeah, for sure. Make sure you guys uh, go check them out. Um, I should probably do what Josh does and shout out everyone's socials. Let me pull that up. Yes, as always, you can find all of us on social media for all things Culture Bop, Hunting Pixels, and the Culture Bop family of content. I even did it exactly like Josh did. Uh, you can you can find Josh on Twitter at... Oh, wait. Uh, no, am I saying that wrong? Yes, I am. You can find Culture Bop on Twitter at Culture underscore Bop. You can find it on Instagram at Culture underscore Bop. You can find it on Facebook at The Culture Bop and YouTube at Just Culture Bop. Uh, for hunting pixels, you can find Pixels Hunting on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Hunting underscore Pixels CB. Uh, for our personal and, you know, more gaming, uh, personal game related stuff, you can find Josh on Twitter at the TheBebopMan182. You can find him on Instagram at TheBebopMan182. And you can find him on Twitch at the underscore TheBebopMan. Uh, you can find Dylan, who is currently streaming right now. Don't know why he's streaming at 9 o'clock, but here he is. Uh, you can find Dylan on Twitter at OMDizzy. You can find him on Instagram at OMDizzyTV. And you can find him on Twitch at OMDizzy. Uh, for Austin, which is me, don't know why I said that in third person, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Big Papa Plays. You can find me on Instagram at Big Papa Stevens underscore, which is the personal, or Big Papa Plays, which is the gaming page. And you can find me on Twitch at Big Papa Plays. Um, Josh has Discord shout out here, so I should go ahead and, and shout that out too. I suppose we do have a Discord for the uh, pretty much just Culture Bop in general. That's just called fucking Culture Bop. Um, we do a lot of cool stuff on there. We like to talk to people. We like to get feedback on how the show's going, what they, what people like, what they don't like, how we can change it, what we can add to it. And sometimes it just kind of turns into a shit show of everybody just talking about random generic video game bullshit, but that's awesome. Uh, it's like our own little community. And if you're new to the podcast, definitely check that out on discord and come hang out with us. We do live. We typically, we pretty much switch to where we do these shows live uh, on Twitch, this is the first show in a couple weeks that we haven't done live just because I'm way too fucking lazy to set any of that shit up. <laughs> uh, again, kudos to Josh for having the extra patience that I that I don't. Um, but we encourage people on the Discord to come over and hang out and, you know, ask us questions throughout the show and, you know, give their two cents on something. So that's really cool. So make sure you join the uh, uh, Discord. The Discords are it's a lot of fun there. Sometimes it depends. But yeah, uh, that is all for this special bonus uh, episode. Again, Johnny, thank you for taking time out of your week to do this with me. And until next week or sometime later this week, whenever you're hearing this, I don't know when it's going to be. <laughs> I'm not in charge of that. So until then, goodbye. <laughs>